If you've heard of the term sleep disc before, or maybe you've been diagnosed with a sleep disc, but you are still not clear on what this problem is exactly, then stay tuned because in this episode, I'll be giving you a simple introduction on what a sleep disc is, as well as go through some questions like how serious is it really, uh, what you can do if you do have it, and I'll also clear up some of the common misconceptions regarding sleep discs. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the TCM Folks. My name is Ming and I'm a TCM physician in Singapore. As always, before we begin, if you haven't yet already, do remember to follow us over on our Instagram at the TCM Folks. Lots of free and interesting TCM content over there for you as well. Okay, so in today's episode, we'll be talking about sleep days. So sleep days, this is a term that I'm sure you've heard of before. Maybe you know, some, some of you might be even be unfortunate enough to, to have this condition. So what exactly is a sleep disc? To understand what a sleep disc is, you first have to understand what is the anatomy of our spine. Okay, so I'll use the analogy of Jenga blocks. So our spine is basically made up of many, many vertebrae. So you can think of each vertebrae as like a Jenga block that is being stacked one on top of the other to make up our whole spine. And in between each Jenga block, there is this thing, what, what we call as the disc. Okay, so this disc, uh, it has two parts, right? You can think about it like, uh, you know, those biscuits with the jelly center. So the outer part is a bit tougher, a bit harder, while the, the middle portion of the disc is actually a gel-like or a jelly-like substance, right? And this uh, disc is situated in between each and every vertebrae or in between each and every Jenga block of the spine. And the function of this disc is to basically protect the bones, protect the Jenga blocks by absorbing shock from our daily activities like walking, running, jumping, etc. Okay, so what happens in a slip disc is that these discs or these biscuits in between the Jenga blocks, they actually move out of place, right? And this is what we call a slip disc. And this movement out of place, there are several levels to it if it is not that severe if it's just a, a small movement it, we call it a bulge a disc bulge right it's not really a slip disc yet and in which case it's not that severe but in in extreme cases what can happen is the bulge can be very obvious very very out of place right or in some cases the jelly like substance in the middle of the disc can actually leak out from the outer biscuit crust of the biscuit and this is also a more serious form of a sleep disc, okay? So a sleep disc, even though it's a very general term, there are many levels to it. So if you are diagnosed with a sleep disc, uh, you also have to see how severe it is. Uh, later on, we'll explain what symptoms can happen with a sleep disc and also uh, how to manage it based on the severity of the sleep disc as well. Okay, so the first misconception that people normally have is that a sleep disc normally happens at the lower back only but in, in reality it can happen anywhere along the spine because there are discs between each and every vertebrae from the neck all the way to the chest area all the way to the lower back so at any point of this segment a slip disc can actually occur most common is the lower back reason being that it bears the most weight of the entire body but it can also happen on the neck, which is quite common because nowadays of poor posture, you know, we always look down or if you get into an accident, right? These are some of the causes that can result in a uh, slip disc in the neck. 
as well. Okay, but basically anywhere along the spine, a slip disc can occur. Okay, so now let's go to the causes of a slip disc. The main cause of a slip disc is wear and tear. Right? And this wear and tear uh, in the past is usually caused by aging. Reason being, as you age, your disc starts to lose some of its water content, starts to lose some of its uh, cushioning, starts to lose some of its elasticity, and it then becomes more prone to damage. So as I mentioned, you have the jelly center of the biscuit and you have the outer crust. As we age, this outer crust starts to become a bit more brittle. The jelly starts to be a bit lesser. So it becomes flatter. The cushioning is lesser. And so it tends to be more prone to damage. And this is also why as you age, you realize that the elderly, they tend to also decrease in height. And the reason being that because as you age, you lose some of the water content in the disc, your spine becomes more compressed. And you find that as you age, you also tend to get shorter by a little bit as well okay so apart from uh you know wear and tear due to aging in fact nowadays a lot of young adults and even children sometimes they are starting to experience uh, these signs of wear and tear on the spine or on the disc because of factors like poor standing sitting posture uh, because of factors like sedentary lifestyle uh, for because of factors like obesity because of factors like weak muscles due to lack of exercise uh, and even because of factors like excessive exercise right so for example now going to the gym is uh, quite common and quite trendy right but you know if you don't do it properly if you overload your weights in terms of maybe exercises like squats and things like that you can actually cause uh, or speed up the wear and tear of your disc because your body must now support additional weight in my experience, a slip disc is usually a result of wear and tear. So for example, like I mentioned above, either due to aging or due to poor posture or due to you know exercise-related problems, plus a specific trigger activity which puts sudden intense pressure on the spine. So for example, let's say you have this history of a wear and tear on the disc already, and then suddenly one day you carry a heavy object with bad posture, or you bend over too fast, or maybe you twist or turn to lift an object. This is quite common, right? For example, you reach behind, you twist behind to pick up a heavy object, right? This is quite common. And uh, even just by sneezing, right? Because sneezing sort of jerks your body in the sudden motion, and even uh, action like sneezing can actually cause a slip disc to happen. Okay, so these are the common causes of a slip disc. And so now that we know the causes, uh, then what are the symptoms of a sleep disc? Okay, the reason why a sleep disc is problematic in the first place is because right behind the spine where the discs are is a space known as the spinal column. Right? You can think about it like a, like a straw. Right, This straw or this spinal column, inside there's a lot of blood vessels, there's a lot of nerves. And when the, the disc moves or slips into this straw or spinal column it can then press on the nerves the blood vessels and the surrounding muscles in this area which then cause all of your symptoms to arise okay uh, a point to remember is that there is no clear symptom or symptoms that can tell you for sure that you have a sleep disc so for instance if let's say your sleep disc is not very severe it's just a light bulge right it's not a sleep disc yet it's just a bulge um, it can present as just a backache, 
which is similar to your normal backaches, which is uh, due to a muscular issue, right? But a more serious sleep disc, where it starts to press on the nerves, etc., it can then start to cause uh, radiating pain, numbness, tingling, burning sensation, or a dull ache down your hands and legs, right? Sometimes a sleep disc can also present as weakness, right? So if you suddenly get unexplained weakness in your hands or legs, this might also be related to a sleep this okay so as you can see the the symptoms relating to a sleep this are quite broad right from a dull ache muscular pain to numbness weakness tingling these are all symptoms related to a sleep this but even though you have these symptoms it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a sleep this right uh, a dull backache might just be a muscular issue maybe your back is uh, affected because you sit too long because of a muscular problem uh, even things like numbness, weakness, the issue might not necessarily be a sleep disc. There are other things that can cause numbness, weakness as well, right? So just take note that a sleep disc, the symptoms are not that easy to sort of tell. And the, the, the best way to sort of determine if you have a sleep disc is to do a MRI, which would be the most accurate way to diagnose a sleep disc. Okay, also an interesting observation that I've made is that, you know, these patients... Uh, with these sleep disc symptoms like radiating pain, numbness, weakness, etc. They usually feel better when they apply pressure to the affected area. So you find that they always tend to want to hit or squeeze the affected areas. And also the symptoms usually become worse at night. Right? Because at night our circulation is poorer and uh, these symptoms usually tend to affect their sleep as well. Alright, so now I come to uh, misconception number two, right? which is that a sleep disc is a very serious or very uh, life-threatening or life-changing kind of problem. It really depends on how serious your sleep disc is. So in Chinese, what we call sleep disc is actually 椎间盘突出症. So 椎间盘 is the disc itself and 突出症 is the bulging of the disc. Okay, an interesting thing to note is that in Chinese, the 症 that we use is the, the 症 for symptom and not for condition. Okay, so what, what do I mean? What I'm basically saying is that in TCM, sleep this is considered a symptom, not a condition. Okay, what do I mean by this? Basically, a sleep this is only a problem when it causes symptoms, right? It's not a condition on its own. So what you realize is that a lot of people nowadays actually have this problem of sleep this. It's just that it doesn't affect their lifestyle. It doesn't affect their daily activities. They have it but they don't even know that they have it because it doesn't affect them. Right? In which case, a sleep disc is not a problem. It only becomes a problem if you start getting symptoms from it. Right? So, for example, like I mentioned above, the, the backache, the radiating pain. If you start getting these problems, then your sleep disc is a problem. But in most cases, in fact, a lot of, a lot of us right now actually have sleep disc to a certain degree, just that we don't know it because we don't feel it and so there's no need to actually... Uh, do anything about it right and another thing that people don't really know is that the disc is actually flexible so your disc can move out of place but it can actually move back into place as well and it can move left right front back it can move around it's a flexible kind of substance so what this means is that just because you have a sleep disc doesn't mean the disc will be stuck outside forever right it can move around and so <laughs> that's why when we talk about the treatment later on we find that, you know, through conservative treatment, through, you know, things like exercise and 
and uh, you know strengthening, stretching, you can actually move the disc around such that it doesn't compress on the nerves, the blood vessels, the muscles, and in which case you relieve the symptoms of a sleep disc, and and oftentimes this will be sufficient to sort of manage the condition. Okay, so this is misconception number two. Okay, that that the sleep disc. Once it comes out, it's, it's there already for life, right? It can move around, it can move back, it can move forward. The, the purpose is to let you know that you can actually manage this condition, in most cases, uh, conservatively. Okay, the next part is the treatment. Okay, so what, what do you do if you have a sleep disc already? Right? The third misconception that I also sometimes hear is that if you have a sleep disc, you confirm need surgery. This is true in certain cases where conservative treatment methods have not yielded good results or if let's say your sleep disc is very, very severe. Okay, but in most cases, I think even your Western doctor uh, will try to recommend the conservative treatments first. Uh, so things like stretching, strengthening, uh, these are things that can sort of support the lower back or the, the neck or whatever the sleep disc is occurring better so that the disc, uh, there's not so much pressure and the disc has more space to then sort of move around to the space that is not pressing on your uh, nerves or muscles, right? You can also use things like supportive braces, back brace, neck brace. These are good to take pressure off the area as well, right? And and these, most of the time, they are good enough to manage the problem. If you have symptoms, you, you do some of these exercises, you know, you use some of these supportive braces. Most of the time, the symptoms should uh, be lessened after that right and if let's say you manage your condition properly i.e to say that you don't go and aggravate it you don't go and do things that make it worse you should be able to you know sort of live with the condition and uh, most of the time you don't even feel that it's there and you're like a you're like a normal person right so as i mentioned before just remember that it's only a problem if you have symptoms okay so if you do have such symptoms obviously go and see your doctor first uh, do a consultation get a diagnosis and uh, from there your doctor will sort of discuss with you what are the treatment alternatives that you can do and uh, what you can sort of use to protect yourself and to help you to recover from this problem from a TCM point of view we do have very good methods to address sleep disease so uh, if you ask me I think acupuncture is the most effective way to solve a sleep disc, uh, especially if let's say you have symptoms of pain that's radiating down your hands or legs or numbness, weakness. If you have such symptoms, then acupuncture can help to manage the symptoms very well. It will not make your spine go back to 100% uh, as it was before, but it can, like what I said, manage your symptoms, uh, improve your quality of life. And in most cases, actually, you don't really need surgery by maintaining it properly, you actually can live with the sleep disc and, you know, not feel the sleep disc most of the time. Okay, so if you are interested, uh, you can actually try TCM methods. I will recommend acupuncture, but things like twina, things like cupping, they can also help with such um, problems as well. Alright, so uh, with that, I've come uh, to the end of this episode today. I hope you have learned something. Uh, just remember that, you know, sleep this, even though it sounds like a very scary problem, uh, it is not. It is quite common nowadays. There are different severities to it. So before, you know, you scare yourself or before you go into like some panic mode, always go and see a doctor first, get a diagnosis and from there, 
your doctor will then discuss with you what is the next steps that you can take. Lah, right? And if you are interested in trying TCM, uh, uh, yes, definitely TCM does have very good methods to help with sleep this as well. Right. So uh, with that, thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, do remember to support our podcast by following our Instagram at the TCM folks. And I'll see you on the next episode.